It's your host, Eric Oakry, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, coming to you, as I always do, talking Detroit Lions football. And I'm usually fired up when I do that. I'm especially fired up this week because what the Lions are doing, because what's going on with this football team, but because one of the legends of the pod has returned. He's been gone for a couple months. He's got a lot going on. He's coming back, and he's got so much to get into. It's Logan. Lamoran Deer from Sports Illustrated All Lions. Logan, you're back. You made it. It's time to talk some football, man. How you doing? Oh, doing great. It's been a, a fun week, a good week, and looking forward to getting into all this because yeah, a lot going on and you know, exciting times. Logan, normally when you come on, like I try to make you laugh, try to stir you up, try to play some sound bits, some gimmicks. We talk ball. We have some fun. We argue a little bit from time to time. You usually end up like 50-50 on most topics. But today, I mean, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> what are we going to get into? As you said, there's so much to get into. How about I just kind of turn the show over to you? You tell us where we're going to go. You talk about what you want to talk about, and I'll react and still maybe play sound bits if I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think first and foremost, you got to talk about free agency. That's all the gotcha. rage right now. Everything going on and the Lions definitely uh, went into the free agent market with some cap space and they had positions of need. And it's been great that they have just really hammered on some of those positions which they needed to upgrade. And I think they knew that, obviously. And you're really looking like going into the draft. There's not many holes on the roster, which is just a beautiful thing to have when you go into the draft because you never know who's going to fall to you. And if you have, if you're kind of pigeonholed into selecting certain positions, sometimes you might let a player who slip slip even further. And so that's, that's my biggest thing. It's definitely just what they've done in free agency. It's there's so much optimism right now. I, I posted that on Twitter too. It's just, I haven't felt this optimistic about a team in a really long time. I can't remember the last time I felt like this, uh, that having this much confidence going into a season and we still have five pretty high draft picks in the top 81 and two first round picks. That's just, um, that's crazy to me. So this team is heading in the right direction and I've, I've been on board with Brad Holmes and the moves he's been making and I can nitpick a little bit about some of the signings, but overall, again, there's just no complaints and you, you see a clear plan on what he wants to do and coming into the draft, he wants to build to the draft. I don't think, we gave out any huge contracts or anything like that. There were some bigger contracts that we gave to our free agents, but no record setting, you know, big, huge contracts to guys who are like, I don't know. We'll see if they're worth that or not. I think 
The Lions were still um, Brad Holmes still took a somewhat conservative approach, but still took some calculated swings on, on certain players. And I think he's right to do that. So I don't know. Where do you want to go with this? I, I could just keep blabbering on and on, but <laughs> no, I, I, I need I think, you for structure. I think free agency is a great place to start. I mean, all that positivity, all the things Logan continues to say that we as fans keep saying that we are just stacking these, the excitement, the hype, the optimism on. I mean, drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to stay right there, man. I, I want to kind of just hit on that. Uh, I feel like in the beginning it was kind of what we've been used to, which we're a little afraid of, which is kind of like, hey, let's bring back all our guys. Let's bring back depth guys. Let's bring back maybe a couple people that we're not so sure of, like Anzalone on a three-year deal and others. Let's uh, just kind of, you know, and then they start digging deep. And what they did, I thought that was impressive. Let me tell me if you agree, is they looked at their roster and said, where are we weak? Where do we need help? And I feel like they just attacked those areas. They kept strengths, strengths on their team. They strengthened weaknesses and they did it with like gradually like, hey, Cam Sutton, that's a nice signing. He should probably start. Hey, Mosley, that's a nice gamble. And then, oh, now we take a big swing and get CJ, GJ, which has everybody excited. Oh, and in the meantime, in the middle of all that, let's add Demo, David Montgomery, to DeAndre Swift, your favorite player, um, in the backfield. Uh, we have to get rid of Jamal, which caused a lot of controversy. I mean, don't you agree that they pinpointed things, they attacked strategically, but yeah, definitely filling holes and being a little more aggressive than we've seen the last couple of years. For sure. And the CJ Gardner Johnson signing is probably my favorite. I, he was my top player that I wanted the Lions to go after just because uh, he's a safety. But when it's time as New Orleans, he was essentially a slot corner, but he's very versatile. He's a ball hawk. He's always around the ball at six interceptions last year. And it was just a little bit surprising. You know, his market wasn't as hot as I thought it would be. And I, can, I thought he'd be like a 12 million, $13 million dollar uh, multi-year type of player and it, I, that market just wasn't there and uh you know obviously the nfl doesn't maybe is not as high on him as i am but i just felt like he was a a no-brainer for the lions and a perfect fit so i love where they got him at as a one-year deal um up to eight million dollars which again it, it feels like a steal and like a prove it type of deal and i would i would hope that he can come in and contribute and do what we expect him to do and maybe even sign him long-term because he's still such a young player. And that's, that's the type of players I want to be taking swings on. If you're going to pay him is just younger players who are proven, especially in the secondary that, that have that ball hawking trait and he fits, fits the mold and he should know the scheme well. So really looking forward to him. Um, Again, just at his price point, I, I, it's hard to believe. I I don't think this would have happened a couple of years ago where, uh, a player of his caliber coming in uh, at $8 million for one year. You know, it just, it just makes a lot of sense. And it's crazy that we got him, I guess. So to that point, um, what do I normally talk about when you come on the show and we start talking about players <laughs> character mentality, right? And what they bring to the yeah. table, not just their, their playmaking and the so, intangibles. Yes. Well, and, and here's the thing. This is the funny part with, with uh, Gardner Johnson is he's kind of on both sides of the coin for me. Like he's a D 
A W G. Um, I knew that from when he's coming out of college. He's shown in the pros. He also has some of those things I'm not the biggest fan of, which is like he's fought some teammates. He's had some not so glowing remarks, maybe at times from from coaches and whatnot. But as you noted, what he does on the football field, the way that he plays, the reason I say he's a dog too is because he's one of those guys where even with the the concerns he might have. I feel like Detroit's going to love him. <laughs> They're going to love the yeah. way he plays, the way he acts, the way he talks, the way he walks. You know what I mean? He has everything we look for. So, Logan, I hate to say that Brad Holmes has got my Twitter just secretly on the follow, or maybe he's uh, shooting me a DM here or there. But all the way back on February 12th, people were sending me free agents to consider, and I got a tweet back that says, out of all those options, Gardner Johnson interests me the most. <laughs> After that, yeah. I said like uh, three or four days before they signed him, let's go get CJ, GJ, let's make this happen um, because of the fit, because of the need, because of everything he brings to the table. So um, just funny, and I know there's others out there that felt that same thing as well. When the Lions follow through on things that we as fans, you as a person that writes and covers and does all the stuff you do, like not only does that feel good, it seems to work out. Like a lot of the guys that we kind of say, if the lines go do it, we don't usually see those guys just become absolute bums. Now, of course, the the money looks good. The player looks good. I mean, of course, he could get hurt right in the beginning of the season. Then it's null and void. Right. But uh, I think he could also just play really good football and be a great fit for this team. The young players, as well as a guy that Detroit would just I mean, I'm talking like the Rodmans of the world. I'm talking the go to work piston types that everyone fell in love with. That's that's Gardner Johnson to me. Yeah, no, 100%. And I just think he fills a huge need and just the versatility. There's there's so many positives to to him signing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that for sure. So Logan, I, w- I want to bring this up to you, man. I'm scrolling through. I, I, I don't do as good a job as I should bookmarking all these different things on the Twitterverse. But I got one thing bookmarked here that says from L. Lamarandir on Twitter. I know Jamal had a great personality, was an excellent leader, passionate uh, about the game and a solid 2022 season dot 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 best of luck to him <laughs> but truthfully he's an average starting running back at best that played behind a great o-line i'm glad brad holmes didn't overpay wow that's right <laughs> let me get the quad wow out if, if, if we might on the show after you explain that one that's uh there's a lot going on on that tweet and that article but i mean i agree with you for the most part but i think a lot of people were crying in their cheerios about jamal being gone and uh it's a tough call but uh, i think a lot of people too i put a, a little poll out and like 80 percent of the polls said that they feel like david montgomery's the better player or they're fine with it so yeah, no, and we've talked about it before on this podcast. Uh, Jamal Williams, I, he's a decent player, and a lot of his stats he had were all of his touchdowns. I mean, what was it, like 13 or 14 of his 17 touchdowns came within yeah. four yards? If you give any bigger back that many opportunities, they're probably going to score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, you look at just his running style, he gets what's blocked for him. He is a powerful runner, but it's not like he's doing anything crazy. He's not dynamic when he has the ball in his hands. Um, I, I think his best traits are the intangibles, which yes, they're important. I'll side with you there, 
<laughs> but at, at the same time, you have to see what they're doing on the field. And there was quite a few weeks where he was pretty underwhelming and just had average stats. But one of his best attributes outside of the intangibles was his ability to stay healthy. And so he was always available. He was reliable. He had a couple fumbles this year, but for the most part, he wasn't putting the ball on the turf and he was getting what he needed to gain and is just very reliable. But again, I feel like you don't need to overpay or pay a guy big money to do that. You can typically find a really cheap running back in the mid rounds to do that. So that's where I'm kind of at with that. And David Montgomery, again, I'm not, I, I think he's definitely an upgrade over Jamal Williams, but I'm not going to say I love that contract either. So I don't know if you want to get into that or if you wanted to have, you wanted to say something about Jamal Williams or just go right <laughs> into Montgomery. Let me defend Jamal just for a second. First of all, he's funny. So, so that, 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 that's, <laughs> uh, that's worth a lot to me and the, and the people out there. I think that's where he got a lot of his cred. The, I guess the, the spot where I take issue and, and you know, you know me and you like, we agree on most things on the show. I, I just, give you a hard time to have fun here but when you put a solid 2022 i mean over a thousand plus yards 17 touch i don't care if they were from the one or the uh or the 51 i mean uh 17 tugs is better than a solid season uh so i i think he played really well the stats proved that out the city loved him nobody really wanted to see him go but what I think it talks to more is the is the front office and the leadership. You know, the word is that they gave him a number, they gave him a deadline, and when he didn't want to meet that number or that deadline, they had a next plan, which I think is the most encouraging thing. You know, they didn't say, oh, yeah, keep taking your time, get back to us whenever you want, or, you know, we'll overpay then. They were just like, nope, this is where we're at with you. This is when we need to know by. And when we don't hear those things, it feel like they just went to the next option, which isn't even like the next step down. It's just sort of like the next guy that they're willing to pay and that they fit their offense. And to me, yeah, let's get into David Montgomery for a second. Like, I'm not like, wasn't in fantasy football or in general doing jumping jacks about this player. Uh, based on but it was based on the team he's on the old line he had like I remember coming out of college he was supposed to be like a combo of quads and uh, you know all these other running backs combined the vision of Barry and you know all this craziness right so he has all the skills he can catch the football he's pass protector Um, and the other thing I'm sending it back to you with this Logan when he stepped to the podium started speaking and I saw his love for the game, his intelligence. He knew like every coach on our team. He knew everything about our squad, about the NFL. He earned big time points with me as a top end character player, which I had no clue about before I saw his first interview with the Detroit Lions. So good player, good skills, great character, decent contract position that we need to deal with. Sign me up. Yeah, no, he definitely has a good character. He might not be, uh, as funny as Jamal, which right. again, I, funny on my uh, <laughs> hierarchy of what I look for in a player is pretty low, but it is a plus. <laughs> and we will get to that later, everybody. We're going to get to the Logan Man Randier <laughs> analytics, and I don't think funny will be on the list, but I, I mean, it, it's something I look for in players. Yeah, but I mean, Montgomery, I, I think he's an upgrade over Jamal, but again, he's not necessarily a guy who... I don't think he strikes fear in opponents uh, in, in terms of breaking long runs. Um, he breaks more tackles than Jamal, but at the same time, he's he's younger, which is really nice too. If you're going to give a running back a three-year deal, you hope they're a younger back. And he's 
it's just that whole second contract running backs. Uh, I never feel like it works out all that well, although it worked out well for Jamal, but that was a, a cheaper deal when he signed his two-year deal. So looking at David Montgomery, and I, I think he's similar to Jamal Williams in a lot of ways, and I, he breaks a little more tackles, which is nice. I think he's a little bit shiftier, but uh, and I think he also is a better pass catcher. Uh, Jamal Williams wasn't necessarily a natural, a natural pass catcher. I think a, a lot of times when Jamal Williams was in the game, he kind of knew what was going to happen. And when DeAndre Swift was in the game, again, it, it kind of, you, you could predict what typically the play was going to be depending on the running back. And I think that goes away a little bit with Montgomery. So that's, that's nice. But at the same time, Montgomery, um, I, I just don't know if he's a home run threat as much as I would have liked the Lions to have. And, you know, honestly, Khalil Herbert with the Bears, I think there was a reason that Montgomery, they were fine moving on from Montgomery because I thought Khalil Herbert was just as good, if not better, than Montgomery whenever I watched. And, I, and Montgomery or, uh, Herbert was one of my fantasy football sleepers that I kept drafting later rounds because I thought he might overtake that RB1 spot. But Montgomery, in a lot of ways, I would say is like Jamal Williams, um, pretty consistent. Gets what's blocked for him. Um, and one, one little, I feel like, not maybe a misconception, but yes, the Lions have a top offensive line in the league, one of the best, and the Bears don't. But in terms of running the ball and run blocking, the Bears, surprisingly enough, you know, are usually near the top in whatever metrics you want to look at, whether it be fan of pro, pro football focus, which, again, take with a grain of salt, because uh, that run blocking also comes into factor when you have Justin Fields running, which uh, definitely helps. But I don't think the Bears' offensive line was as bad as people are trying to make it out to be when it came to run blocking. So uh, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of wait and see for me with Montgomery, and I'm I, I like his contract and over what Jamal got. So I'm happy there. But it's just probably a philosophy that I have where I'm not big on spending at the running back position. But we'll we'll see how it goes, and obviously I'm rooting for Montgomery just to have a career year, which he very well could, uh, given if he has a Jamal Williams type of role in the Lions' offense. As, as often happens here on this show, so much to unpack and get into based on what you just <laughs> said right there. I don't even know where to start. I need like a notepad so I can write all these nuggets down while you're going through it. First of all, though, I just want to say, well, what's what's the Logan Lamrand your top uh, factor analytic stat, whatever you want to call it, for running backs? Uh, you probably know it. it's break tackle ability. I think is the exactly. biggest one because that's yards after contact and that's getting the yards that aren't blocked for you. Exactly. Which you said about three times with David Montgomery, which is his best trait. So why would you have that as your top thing? He has that probably in spades yet. Your whole hum about this selection. I wrote off at shops in the D has a, uh, a, an audio segment from like three weeks ago where we were running through free agents and he, Oh, maybe the lion should get either David Montgomery or David uh, or Singletary. And I said, Chops, they're not getting David Montgomery because it was like a top name. We didn't need a running back. I'm with you for the most part. We can get him every different way that we want to. But it was either if I could have my choice of like you can have any running back. doesn't even matter cause it's just sign him up on your team. It would have been either David Montgomery or Kareem Hunt. Those are the two guys I love as football players, and we got one of them. So I – I just think this is a great combo. It's a great guy. He's got a great skill set. Like you said, you got no clue what we're going to do when either player on the football field. But Logan, to sum this segment up about Demo, the people, 
You know who they are, right? And the people consist of the millions. <laughs> and millions of Kool-Aid drinkers want to know. You have to like David Montgomery more than you hate DeAndre Swift, right? <laughs> I, I, I think they're both equal right now. I, I like them both, but they, they both have, you know, they both have flaws, but that's most running backs. You're never going to have a perfect running back unless you want to spend a first round pick on one. And I don't know if I'm quite there yet either. So I don't know, you know, 50, 50 here. (laughs) (laughs) Logan, the thing is you went through like all his good things. And then you said, well, he's not a home run hitter. He doesn't have, I mean, like you just said, this guy can't be a speed demon and do all the breaking of tackles. Just like DeAndre Swift can't be a home run hitter, but also break tackles, run up the gut, run outside, like catch the football. Like that's why I'm saying it's going to be a nice compliment. So anyway, hey, in the first couple, last couple minutes of this first segment, do you want to, um, was Cam Sutton, Cameron Sutton, was that a really nice find for you? Was that a, eh, we'll see. Is that a, I'm starting him from day one. Like I'm kind of c- can go both ways. 50, 50 on that one. I feel like it's getting hyped as like, wow, we got this no doubt corner. When I heard we signed Cam Sutton, I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> no, I think his contract, you know, a $33 million deal over three years, you're not paying them all all that much when you look at the top paid corners and he's, you know, I think he's a borderline CB one, a great, excellent CB two, but he's not necessarily a shutdown guy, but he gets his hands on a lot of passes. He's gotten better. He was a, a slow developer, which is often the case for mid round corners. So I think he's just now hitting his stride. So I, I think this deal could actually be a steal in a couple years if he continues to develop and get better. And, and you know me with corners, I, I like the athletes. He's not overly athletic, not big or anything, but he's just a really, really good football player. And that's what the Lions need. The Lions have an opportunity to spend a high draft pick on one of the top corners if they want to go that route. But they're not – they don't have to by any means either because I think Sutton is a really quality corner. And same with Mosley. If he didn't tear his ACL this year, I think his he would have got a much larger deal. And they're both kind of in – Sutton and Mosley are both kind of in that same tier for me, which um, just really solid corners, which is definitely improvement for what the Lions had. Logan, let me ask you this real quick. Did you happen to hear anything about, I don't know, Cam Sutton's football character after we signed him? (laughs) I'm guessing it was very high. (laughs) Loves the game. Teammates love him. Just a uh, scientist out on the field, plays all the spots, step to the podium. Another guy that wowed me. Like what I need, Logan, is just a database of player interviews. And I'll just go through those and just tell you who the good people are and who we should sign. I don't even need to see him play half the time. And this guy, this guy wowed me as well as just a team guy, leader, smart, wants to be here. Um, gonna give us all gonna be technique sound all those things you look for so that that's the kind of stuff that sold me where all these guys were nice signings as you said pretty good fits fills needs but the fact they all were just awesome at the podium and, and things like that were, were great as well so logan how about we uh get our great sponsors in here come back and we can we can still dip into free agents i also want to talk about the NFL draft. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. And and again, this is your show, buddy. So anything you want to talk about uh, after the break, we can get into too. How about that? Sounds great. Everybody, we'll be right back. 
All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Kool-Aid drinkers, back from the break. As I always say, thank you for listening to the show. It's about the time I should probably fill up that glass again for you so you can, uh, I don't know, do this. Drink it in, man. And, gosh, so much fun having Logan back on, man. It's just so easy for us to get talking. We, we, we skipped over about eight key other things we could talk about, but we got into some of the main free agents. Uh, we want to talk some draft here on the back half. But, Logan, are, are there some other big signings, or do you think the Lions still got something up their sleeve? I don't know, like D, J, Chark, um, or, or maybe somebody else, because the best thing about Brad Holmes is like he went from having like 12 million to like 4 million, then up to 15 million. Then he got like Romeo Quara to take like a $9 million cut, and then he went up to 22. I think I look at over the cap, I think we're still at like 20 million, um, somewhere <laughs> in that. I don't even know. The cap's just made up pretty much, is what we know. But um, do you want to hit on any of the controversial signings? Do you want to hit on what he might do? Where do you want to go? It's all you. Yeah, I I think, you know, it, you mentioned it, just the restructures. I did not think Charles Harris and Romeo Aquara and Kaminsky were all going to be back. I didn't think that was possible. I thought they were, you know, Harris or Aquara were going to be cut. Um, and they both took pay cuts to come back. So it just shows, again, the culture. Guys want to be here. Uh, it gives the Lions some great depth. So I'm, I'm happy uh, that, that Kaminsky's back. I, I like his deal. I think he was super important to what the Lions were doing last year. And that defense, when it was at his best, I feel like Kaminsky was wreaking havoc. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do, how they, you know, their the depth chart at edge and how they work all that in. But uh, it's definitely awesome to see all those guys back. Um, and then, yeah, I think, do, do we want to talk Anzalone or is that going to? take up the rest of the podcast bring down the show you mean no i uh i <laughs> let, let's just hit on it quickly like i think you know there is something to be said for continuity leadership guys that are good guys as you know that's important to me um he played awesome as you as you noted and we both committed uh pretty much all last year before not so much um i i've also read up and and been educated that he is boys with cam sutton he is um the other big, uh, oh, CJGJ, you know, played at Florida together, right? So there's all these little tie-ins that they're bringing along with some of these signings. And we've seen that in the past that hasn't worked. Like, oh, this guy played, these are friends, and 
can they play when the game kicks off is what we really want to know. But I was just surprised by the three million. I was surprised by the six seven per. I was surprised that they can't do better <laughs> um, by just going out and getting. There was probably three four other players that went for the same or less that I would have rather had. Even though it's going to be a new guy, you got to implement him. But what do you think? Just give us your take. So, yeah, like looking over the contract, even though it's three years and 18, it, it looks like a lot. But at the same time, you know, that last year, you can get out of it fairly cheap and save some money. So I wasn't, you know, this year, we needed a middle linebacker, at least for this year. And I don't, maybe the scheme doesn't necessarily call for having a, a great middle linebacker. But I thought last year, Alex, Alex Anzalone was a fine linebacker. There was, there was still... Sometimes when he missed tackles and he not, it's not necessarily great in coverage, but you, he definitely is one of the leaders on that defense. He calls in the plays. He knows what he's doing. He has a ton of experience in the system. And I think that does really, I don't know if you're going to find any like instant upgrade unless you want to spend a lot of money. And again, looking at his average salary or his average cap number, he has a really team friendly cap number in 2023. And then it jumps up to, I think it's two five this year, so hardly anything. And then the next couple of years, it's it's seven three. So I mean, it jumps up a lot. But again, you're not talking about someone who's getting top money. It's you're just paying for a a solid linebacker. And I think if you saw if at least he could play up to the standards he kind of set last year, I'm I'm okay with that. I I was just hoping they were going to try to upgrade, and they still could through the draft. But um, I think. Anzalone is probably favored by the coaching staff and and Holmes a lot more than I would uh, personally. But yeah, I, I don't love the contract, but I I kind of get it. It's just I was hoping for an upgrade. <laughs> and, and that's where I think Lions fans we kind of get caught up that you we just that's why I was joking about the interviews because the thing that drives me crazy about the NFL draft and even some of these free agent things is. We don't get to meet with these guys. We don't know what they bring to the table in the meeting room. We don't know how they're doing medically, you know, all the things that are like the things that put you over the top. So like if you've checked all those boxes, yeah, we can sit back as a fan base or as people that are looking at it from afar and go, oh, you could just get this guy in round two and plug him in and let's roll. And it's like, yeah, that's really not how it works. You know what I mean? He would be a liability in a lot of different ways. You would really set the team back on a defensive leadership perspective, whereas Anzalone has got all that already and even if he does have the shortcomings that you mentioned it's you know overall especially the other thing Brad Holmes did which was nice is he kind of did all those up front and even the ones that people questioned once he comboed them with other moves everyone's like oh okay I'm cool with it um, because you were aggressive yet conservative you kept your guys but you also went out and got some difference makers maybe and you still got all your draft picks in your back pocket like you said so as you were going down through that I'm like we didn't even talk about Kaminsky we got our my guy uh, <laughs> RB3 come on Craig we didn't talk about him we've got we got Isaiah Bugs coming back, uh, plugging up yeah. the middle. So, I mean, that's the kind of like foundation laying or depth guys that I feel like was great to get in the fold. And then now you can start stacking like he's doing. So get, give me your quick take uh, to finish out our free agency on do you want DJ Chark back, yes or no? Do you think you could get him back at eight, seven mil? Do you think you can make it a two-year? Do you think you can do better at wide receiver? Like, 
because everyone wants Shark back because of his skill set, but there's other ways to, you know, address that as well. And we all hope Jameson Williams is just an absolute phenomenon when he gets rolling this year. Yeah, that's. I think that's the biggest factor is you, you drafted Jameson Williams, traded up to get him, and he's going to need more playing time. And I, Shark, once he was healthy and kind of getting to his groove, he was a really nice player, provided a deep threat, had some real nice contested catches and came down with some tough grabs. And I think he's definitely an improvement over Jameson Williams at that, at, at the catch point. I don't think, you know, at least in college and always because Jameson Williams is so fast, he's never covered. No one's even never around, but I, I do think it's important to have those type of players that can go up and get the ball and win in those situations. I think shark can do that. So I would, I would like shark back. And again, I, I think at this point without shark, uh, you, you look at the draft and you could probably add another receiver if you brought Shark back. I think you're looking, you don't necessarily have to draft one, but you just wonder how long is he going to be around for before Jameson Williams starts really eating into that play, his playing time. And do you want to pay a guy who's not going to see the field all that much? So I don't know what exactly Shark is looking for if he wants a, a long-term deal because he already signed that one-year prove-it deal with the Lions. He's yeah. trying to get something a little longer, and I'd understand that. And I don't know if I necessarily want to give him a, a two-year deal because I think Jameson Williams is going to be taking up a lot of the snaps and obviously I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown. So I I think around $8 million for one year, I'd be happy bringing him back. Yeah, I, I, I guess the way I look at it, too, is they've really went heavy on defense. Feels like plugged a lot of holes. Offense, they already know, is pretty much ready to roll. You mentioned uh, another guy we love on this show. Amon Ra! Um, you know, they uh, we already talked about the running backs, O-line. You know, uh, they seem to be ignoring tight end, which everybody seems to be cool with. But the reason I would like Chark Beck kind of on like a two-year, bring his number down from last year, but also give him that extra year, maybe you use it, maybe you don't, is because I think it just rounds us out. The other thing that I'm getting real frustrated about is people just kind of starting now to doubt Jamison Williams, to act like, oh, I don't know, you know, I didn't see much. I mean, maybe he's not very good. Like, <laughs> I think he's just going to be unleashed and everyone's going to realize what an absolute stud we have. It's it's that recency bias where because you didn't get 10 games of this kid running past people, you now you're starting to doubt him. But I think you can have both guys in the offense. I think that it would help. And, you know, it's it's doing exactly what you said off the top of the show, which is my favorite thing Brad Holmes is doing. It's the favorite team building skill, both for this team and what I try to do in all my 32 team deep dynasty fantasy leagues. And that's build depth across your roster so that you can go into the NFL draft, Logan, just guns a blazing. I mean, I'm talking about like setting yourself up so that you can just pick best player available i'm not talking about reaching for needs i'm not talking about going in scared or worried about what i gotta do what i don't gotta do brad holmes can do whatever he wants at the end of april for the detroit lions don't you think oh yeah no it's definitely looking like that right now i think defensive tackle is really the only spot where i'd really like to draft a player but who knows how that's gonna shake out but outside of that i'm i'm fine with pretty much every position it's just filling out taking the best player available i love i love taking the best player available because that's when you get all the good guys 
You mentioned defensive tackle. I've got the music low underneath us right now. We're talking draft. Best player available, you mentioned. I need Logan. Lamarandier's take on Jalen Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. We're going to get into character. (laughs) On the field, he's the best player in the draft, you know? So it's really tough for me. To, to not look at what he did on the field and be like, this guy is the, yeah, you got to draft this guy. But <laughs> the whole situation uh, surrounding, you know, him having to leave the combine due to whatever went on. I don't, I don't, I know the story, but I don't know all the details. So I'm not even going to get into it. And then showing up at his pro day and not looking great, looking out of shape, gaining, I think it was 13 pounds or something like that. Or maybe it was nine pounds, 13 pounds. Anyways, he came in quite a bit heavier than he did at the combine. So it's like, what has this guy been doing? And you do wonder how much uh, the, the off the field stuff is impacting his play. So I would be fine with taking him at six. Obviously, I'm not conducting the interviews, though. So I don't know his character. But if the Lions clear his character, then I am all aboard getting him at six because not only do you get an impactful player, it's at your biggest position of need. The two. Best player available and needs combined perfectly there. It's just having to pass the character test. So, and we're not privy to that information. What you're saying, leaving me with about four seconds of music left, is that you again are overlooking character and off the field issues for <laughs> athleticism, for analytics, for what you saw, for the hype train to draft Jalen Carter for the Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can't talk after right the now. music. It'd be that's, exciting that's the rule. and just hope things, you know, he can get his head on straight. And <laughs> you have a good culture. You have a good culture in Detroit now. Maybe you can have these leaders talk some sense into him and get him, get him to where he needs to be. And you could take a chance on a guy. You you have a couple first round picks. So that's that's where my head's at right now. As long as nothing new comes to light, and uh, it sounds like this this whole incident with him can be in the past. You broke my rule, Logan. I, I know I don't coach you up on all these things before we hit record, but uh, when I play the draft music, we have to end the take right as the draft music ends. I <laughs> nailed it. You went overtime, which I'm not surprised by. I may, ed- I may edit that out later just so we, we keep our streak going. <laughs> but I guess I guess me for Jalen Carter, like I'm just torn because I am the football character guy. I am the I want hard workers, but I'm getting real annoyed too by the people on Twitter twitter that are taking this now to the extreme they've indicted they've uh, convicted this guy they've they've uh just went to the full other extreme i'm kind of still caught in the middle where like i don't know what happened but i know it's not good i know showing up to your pro day is not good i know being out of shape is not good but i know that you are at a big position of need you're very talented he's a type of player again he's a a, a big baby, a fairly, uh, one of those body types that Detroit would love if you ball, you know, if you play ball and you do things. So I feel like he's got good and bads on both sides. And I hate to say it with Logan on the show that I'm kind of in the middle now, unsure. 
<laughs> but that's kind of where I'm at. But I'm leaning your way of that. I think I'm going to maybe overlook some of this rumor innuendo and, and probably strongly consider him at six. The way I have it right now is like if him and Tyree are there, I'm taking Tyree. Obviously, my top want, and I hear this guy getting a lot of hate as well. Oh, I don't know about Will Anderson. Maybe he's not going to be that good. Come on. Give me Will Anderson <laughs> like all day, every day. And I'm still not writing quarterback off at six either. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, quarterback, I again, with the Lions not having uh, many glaring needs, I think quarterback could be on the table, um, <laughs> which is weird to say. But with Goff, I don't know what he's going to want. And if he has another great year, he's going to want a lot of money. And I I'd still believe that Goff needs a team around him to be successful. And that's pretty much every quarterback. But at the same time, I Goff looks his best when he has a talented offensive line and running game. And he can really do some damage. But if you're paying Goff all this money and an extension, <laughs> are you going to be losing some of your talent and not being able to play other positions uh, so maybe you take a swing at six at quarterback and you know me, I'm not, I've never been one to really promote drafting quarterbacks when we had Stafford and even, even last year, um, I didn't love taking a quarterback. It wasn't necessarily in the realm of possibility, but this year I, I do feel like I'm a little more open, uh, to, to looking at a quarterback at six, especially if I feel like there's a weaker draft class. It's not great, but at least the quarterbacks there's some good quarterbacks in this class. So if the quarterback's the best player available, that's a premium position. It, I, it might be tough to pass up. Logan, let me jump in here. I was ready for your whole, the, the Logan Lamarandier rewind about how to address quarterback, how you would do. We've, we've been through that. We have that on tape. We know the approach. <laughs> I want to ask you this. We need to get down to some brass tacks. Number six, Anthony Richardson's on the board. Would you select him? Who else is on the board? <laughs> Anthony Richardson. I, Nobody else. <laughs> Nobody else. He's the only guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to do yes or no. <laughs> would I be fine with taking him? Yes, I actually would be. Okay. When well, we can play your game if you want to. Anthony Richardson or Jalen Carter? Jalen Carter, as long as the Lions <laughs> pass him for his character concerns. Anthony Richardson or Tyree Wilson? Mm, man, that's, that's Tyree Wilson. Anthony Richardson or a corner? Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about this this much and it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd probably go Christian Gonzalez over him. See, to me, like, corner feels very off the board at this point. Um, Anthony Richardson, I've yeah. got a lot of hate at the beginning because I was just taking him from day one, and now he's on the biggest hype train ever. So now everybody's sort of coming along for that ride, and they're open to it. Uh, l let me ask you about Will Levis, the guy that's getting uh, kind of gotten about, pushed down the board, hated on. Like, it's, I saw some mocks, us maybe getting him at 18 or him still being around at 18. Like, is, is that a player that – you know, bringing him along with a Jared Goff, or do you think that's just a not a good fit type of guy? You know, I Will Levis, yeah, he's a little bit I, of a he has cat. high upside, similar to Anthony Richardson. I think Richardson's upside. That's that's the enticing thing about Anthony Richardson is just his upside is the highest you're going to see, or the highest you're going to yeah. find, and 
he definitely has some issues and they're, they're coachable issues. His accuracy, you'd, I mean, Josh Allen has ruined it for everyone that anyone who is an athletic freak with a rocket for an arm and has accuracy issues, everyone just points out Josh Allen, but he's truly the exception. It's not often you see someone with needs to work on accuracy and all of a sudden it gets better. But I think there's ways that Richardson can make up for it. And much like Levis, um, you know, also a strong arm quarterback. And I, I think he has not quite an elite elite arm, but I think it's a really strong arm. And that's what you look for. He has some running ability. He's a high character guy, as you'd like. Um, I, I think Levis is kind of just a little bit down for me under Richardson just because of the potential. If you're going to draft a quarterback this high, yeah, I, I'd want a sky-high ceiling of potential. And that's what Richardson is. And he has the luxury of being able to sit behind golf. So same with Levis. I would, I wouldn't, there's probably quite a few guys I would take over Levis at six. Mm-hmm. If he's there at 18. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many factors and, and again, I'm hoping I can get you on again uh, before draft day. Cause we love to get into more like actual prospects and targets and all that type of stuff. We might not have time for uh, on this show, but um, you know, Levis is quite a bit older, two, three years older, um, yeah. kind of a, kind of a different cat, as I said, where he's uh, does some different things, says some different things, but he has some moxie and some confidence and personality, which I think is a good thing coming into an NFL locker room. So, I'm not really writing him completely off where I know most Lions fans like, nope, don't want him too old. Doesn't do this. Doesn't do that. Um, you know, whereas Richardson is like the fancy car that you kind of know you shouldn't afford or buy, but you'd really love to drive it type of thing. So, I mean, it sounds to me though, that like we set it up in the beginning of the show. I mean, the Lions, they seem like they're going for it, don't they? I mean, it's the hype is real. The Kool-Aid's flowing. The people are excited. Like, I feel like we're trying to win ball games, win the division, win a playoff game, and then who knows after that. So I think that they're going to keep what they got going, and if they do invest in a really high-priced, fancy quarterback, um, it's going to hurt you because they're going to burn a year or so on that whole rookie deal that you love so much. (laughs) But I think that it's a very nice transitional plan as well as the main reason I've been um, lobbying for it is – that gives you the leverage, you know, where you can't get pushed into a $50 million Jared Goff deal. You can be like, you know, you can bargain with him and you can also say, man, this kid's been looking real good in practice. Maybe we should just roll with him. We've seen him for 10, 12 full season now. You might just be ready to go there and then not even have to worry about some big old contract just because it's a quarterback. I mean, it sounds like you're there as well. Yeah. No, yeah. And that's with Goff. I, I just don't want to necessarily pay him all that much more and i've always said in this rebuild you know year three was probably when i would be okay with drafting a quarterback and that's kind of where i'm at right now and it's just because you have a good roster you have a lot of young talent and if you get a quarterback who's on a rookie contract you're going to really be able to be flexible with your cap space you're not going to be pinned down by any huge contract and put more pressure on the quarterback's shoulders once they're getting paid. So that's why I'm, I'm okay with it. It it would be tough, especially when the lions, their trajectory right now, it sounds great to have two first round picks at positions outside of the quarterback and you still have golf. But I think long-term uh, a rookie contract quarterback sounds really nice with this roster because you can really add some more pieces in free agency 
And uh, not that we need to move on from Goff. Again, I still have questions about his ceiling, whereas, say, for Richardson's ceiling, it's sky high, but he also has a really low floor. So that's the scary part. It is a big gamble, but if it pays off, I mean, it could really work. And I've been a guy on the show who wants to, you know, always upgrade Jared Goff or like drives me nuts with his non-spirals and this and that. But like he does, let's, let's be honest. He kind of does have a little bit of Joe Montana in him where he just does everything, (laughs) gets the ball in the right spot, throws on time. Guys seem to like him. All right. You know, he's got that cool overall mentality, you know, maybe a little jittery sometimes in the pocket, unlike Montana was, but I mean, again, he was picked number one for a reason. He seems to like it here. He's got a lot going for him, too. So I'm not trying to ride him out of town. I'm just sort of saying, like, it might be – this might, and this might be the last time you pick that high. So that's another reason that's to right. strongly consider it because don't just think, oh, next year I'll just take all this bundle of picks and move way up and get a guy. No, that might not be possible. So I think that everything's on the table, which is cool. I feel like the Lions are the nation's team. I feel like people are so excited about about what this team can do. The defense has been upgraded. The offense was already balling. It's only going to get better at the end of April. So, Logan, I mean, I was thinking we were going to get into the Lamarandir uh, analytic game. I thought we were going to do some, like, our favorite prospects. You're going to throw some names out. But I think I want to, like, <laughs> pull up all the great stuff you're out there doing and then try to twist your arm to get you back on before the draft and we can get into a full show of just that, just prospects and you loving the three-cone drill and why and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah man no that's definitely uh that could be a whole other podcast so we'll i'll get you before the draft and we'll we'll go over my guys and i'm starting to look over players and try to get together a big board and rank my players so uh a lot about free agency this week and yeah the first round is the big buzz right now with the draft and there's so many different directions they can go i don't it's really tough to to pinpoint one certain player the lions should take now yeah, let's try to work that out, man. Even if it's, uh, you know, we're, we've got crazy schedules, maybe we can make a time and do it as a bonus show for the people. But uh, we know you got the two, three little ones running around. You got the big job on the bill, big side of town. Um, you made enough, <laughs> you made a bunch of time for me today, and it's always just so easy to talk ball. So, uh, again, Logan's a humble guy. He doesn't like to pub his stuff, but he's on Sports Illustrated All Lions. Uh, you know, writing articles, uh, you definitely pumped out a few when all this buzz has been happening recently. That was cool to see, like, something goes down. Logan usually has an article up and uh, doing things at his uh, Facebook page, all that stuff that you always throw out here. So feel free to throw any of that out and definitely go give him a follow at LLamorandeer on Twitter. Yep, that on Twitter, SIL Lions. Um, just Google it or <laughs> follow follow on Twitter. On Facebook, it's Detroit Lions Lowdown. Uh, plenty of content there and uh yeah man i think you covered it all so cool man well i appreciate you making time i know when i put it out everyone's like oh man logan's coming on the show and and less okri i gotta listen to that one that's gonna be a good show (laughs) so uh i think you did it again man and uh, let's try to make that draft show happen before uh, gosh like a month away can't wait that's gonna be crazy once that gets rolling like look out for the uh detroit lions hype train it's gonna be rolling for sure I know, man. It's so nice. I'm uh, feeling just that passion's back. I'm like, let's get this season started. And I haven't felt that way in too long. It's been too long. A little Kool-Aid and cornbread to get you out of here then, Logan. Drink it in, buddy. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! Cornbread!
everybody we'll catch you next week right here on the detroit kool-aid cast care everybody we're out Drink it in.